Glory to God. Good evening. Good evening. God evening. Amen. The only thing better than a good evening is a God evening. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've been having a good time this year. Amen. Some of you might be saying, well, it's just getting started. Give it some time. Amen. Glory to God. I'm serious. I'm having a good time this year. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. And I thank God. Amen. I thank God for this teaching concerning the new covenant that we've been we've been teaching on. We've been uh, we've been exploring now. We're into the 10th part of it. I want you to get your pen and your paper, get your Bible together. I want you to write down at the top of your page. We're still dealing with that subject of understanding the new covenant. We need to understand it. We need to know what it is, how it is, what we are in it. We need to understand it. Somebody say, I need to understand it. That's why we come on Thursday nights and that's why we're here on Sunday mornings and we're taking time to understand it. Tonight I want to talk about uh, part 10 of that. I want to talk about new covenant confession. New covenant confession. Amen. And while we're doing that, I want you to turn your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. And while you're turning your Bible there, I will go ahead and um, pray very quickly. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that you are the minister of truth. You administer truth to the body. And Father, we will be faithful to receive the truth that you administer through your spirit. That we would be students of the word, disciples of the truth of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Last Sunday, last Sunday, I was, uh, I, I, I dealt with, um, I thought was an amazing, was an amazing subject of uh, fixing what's wrong or what's wrong with my faith. And we found out that the, uh, the problem with my faith uh, very well could be that my faith is under the jurisdiction of the law. And the more my faith gets from under the law, the more my faith arrives to great heights to where even Jesus would be impressed that that it would it would begin to tap into um, the spirit realm and the operation of the kingdom of God in such a way that it would be a, a flow of things that is coming, coming our way. You got it. So I got I got to get as much out of much law out of me as I can. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does that through teaching. It is it is a methodical or uh, uh, a very meticulous uh, thing for the Holy Spirit to take his time to to do that with the word. He can't get the law out of you in no other way but teach it. That's the only way that he can get the law out of us. That the damage that the law did to the faith of the believer is what the Holy Spirit is looking to heal from. Because everything else he's already done. He's already healed you. He's already restored you. He's already saved you. He's already forgiven your sins. He's already done all of that. All of that. But this covenant is agreement with faith. In other words, I'm connected to God, not by performance, but by faith. My, my faith is the red rope. And boy, we, if we've done nothing else in this series, we've used these two ropes. We've used these two ropes, amen. This red rope and this yellow rope, we've used it. And um, tonight we're using the red rope because it represents faith. It represents the new covenant. Come on, say it with me, the new covenant. So after, after studying the new covenant, we understand some things. We understand that through this covenant, God is speaking. It's important that we understand what this covenant is doing. It is God speaking through this covenant. Now, in the old covenant, God was speaking, but he was speaking about you. In the new covenant, God is speaking, but he's speaking about himself. And what happens with you because of he's revealing himself. So God is speaking. He's revealing himself and his will. Who he is to us and what he desires for us are both revealed in this covenant. 
I'm going to say that again. Who he is to us and what he desires for us are both revealed in this new covenant. You're not going to really see it in the old covenant like you should. Because you're going to see stipulations and you're going to see conditions and you're going to see performance that you have to you have to uh, jump through all of these loops and all of these hurdles in order to get God. So God doesn't reveal the love nature that he wants to reveal in that covenant. So the judgment of that covenant was condemnation. But the judgment of the new covenant is justification. So God is speaking. Say it again. God is speaking. By revealing this, by revealing who he is to us and what he desires for us, by revealing this, we're brought to a place where we must decide to align ourselves with what is revealed in this covenant. We've been going through all this teaching and all this talking and all these things, Kevin, where God has been revealing, God has been revealing, God has been revealing. And now that God has revealed, now we have a decision to make. Am I going to align myself with what God has revealed? Am I going to get in line with the new covenant or am I going to continue to be a new covenant believer using old covenant methods? So I got I got to make a decision. If I don't make the decision, then my life doesn't change. My life doesn't change. You have to decide. You have to make up your mind right now. God, you reveal this truth to me. This is what I'm going to go with. This is what I'm going to believe. This is what I'm going to walk in. I'm going to stand on the truth. I'm going to stand on the truth of your word that your covenant is revealed in this manner. And now that it is revealed unto me and you've shown it to me in scripture, I know that the majority of the church world have not been teaching it this way and have not been walking in it this way. But God, I'll be courageous enough to do it even if they think I'm crazy. See, I remember a time, <clears throat> glory to God, I remember a time that we were teaching about the kingdom of God in this ministry in Heavenly Hope. And this is no, uh, this is no uh, um, um, thing to put Heavenly Hope on a pedestal or anything like that because we, we, we stand humble before the Lord that God will reveal such truths to us. But I only believe that God, I believe that God is only revealing such truths to us because we desire and we're courageous enough to believe it and apply it if God reveals it. Amen. Amen. So that's why I believe that God is revealing it. But I remember a time that we were teaching about the kingdom of God. And Ms. Deborah, you should remember this time period as well. Or say y'all should remember when we were teaching about the kingdom of God and everybody else thought we were crazy for talking about it. So by the time everybody else started talking about it, we, we, we were already talking about it. But we had received so much persecution. Amen. We had already received so much persecution. And the same thing is true here that God is revealing. We see it in scripture, but we got to be a courageous ministry to believe it. Somebody say amen. amen. Now say this word with me. Say, I have to decide. Have to decide. That decision is important. You have to decide to align yourself with what is revealed in this covenant. So like I said, the new covenant is not a lifeless thing that we discuss at our convenience. It's not something we just talk about. Well, we talk about the new covenant. That's, that's, from, Matthew, that's from Matthew all the way to Revelation. That's the New Testament. And that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the order and the arrangement of books. We're actually talking about a covenant that was ratified in the blood of Jesus that was that was that was that was purchased. We were purchased by his blood and a new covenant was issued. Now, listen, what God did with that covenant, he terminated that covenant. God does no God no longer deals with you according to the old covenant. So you can be in that covenant all you want, but you won't be in it with him. Somebody say amen. Amen. And you can believe those conditions all you want, but it just won't connect you with what he got going on. Amen. So God is done with that covenant. That, that is the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law to all of them that believe. Amen. Christ, I can't say that enough. Christ is the end of that. The end of those conditions, the end of that performance, the end of those promises, the end of that standard, the end of that focus. He's the end of all of that to everybody that believes. The, the catch is, do you believe, though? Because if you don't believe, you place yourself back under that covenant. 
Amen. So, like I said, the new covenant is not a lifeless thing that we discuss for our convenience, but it's the expression of God through Christ that through it, he speaks to us. And this is what the new covenant says. And, and you don't have to write them all down. You'll be able to listen to it on the podcast. But the new covenant says some things that we've discussed over these 10 parts. The new covenant says this. The new covenant says that we are completely restored through the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what the new covenant says. The new covenant says that we are completely restored. That's that word sozo showing up again to be completely fixed, to be saved, healed and whole. We are completely somebody say I'm completely restored. That's what the new covenant says. The new covenant doesn't say that I left some things wrong with you and I got to work on some other stuff with you. But the new covenant says I fix everything that pertains to you. And I need you to believe that it's passing. It's finished. The new covenant also says that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That means that whatever Jesus get, I get. Somebody say amen. amen. That whatever God gave Jesus as an inheritance, I have it. I don't split it down the middle. I got access to the whole thing. I am an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's in the new covenant. It's mine. So if I see Jesus walking in authority, guess who else got authority? I do. If I see Jesus have glory, guess who else have glory? I do. And if Jesus had the nature of the father, guess who else get the nature of the father? I do. It's because I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So the next thing that the new covenant says, we are justified and all charges against us have been dropped. That God is not looking to persecute me or God is not looking to prosecute me. That's a better term. God is not looking to prosecute me for anything that I did. Justification means that whatever I did, God is no longer holding it over my head and all the charges of it have been dropped. So I can come to God not based on performance because all charges have been dropped. Somebody say I'm justified. That's what the new covenant. (coughs) Excuse me. That's what the new covenant says. The new covenant also says that we are no longer required to perform a certain act to receive from God. We're no longer required to perform a certain way to receive from God that we receive from God because he loves us. He gives based on his love. It is no longer based on how we perform or what we do. It is based on his love. Amen. So I receive from him, not by how I act, but by how I believe and how he has what he has done in his love. Now, the next thing that the new covenant says that God is not judging our sins, but he has already judged, punished and forgiven our sins in Christ. Somebody say that's new covenant talk. God is not judging our sins, but God has already judged, punished and forgiven our sins in Christ. Now, if anybody is remembering your sins, it is you. And if anybody keep bringing up your sins, it's the enemy. The accuser of the brethren. You got it. So. Let me go a little bit further. He's not judging our sins, but he is already judged. I didn't say that God wasn't a judge of the sin. He he did judge it. The wages of sin is death. So what God did, he punished sin in Jesus. Jesus died. God judged it. God punished it. And God forgave it in Christ. Now, the next thing that the new covenant says that in Christ, God terminated the law. And now I have new conditions, new promises and a new position in him. I have new conditions, new promises, and a new position in him. These are all the things that the new covenant says. Say it with me. The new covenant is speaking. So the new covenant says all of this, says all of this. But although the new covenant says this, your life will not change until you open your mouth and say it. So the new covenant says a lot. But you got to ask the question, what has Ingrid been saying? 
Because if Ingrid don't say what the new covenant say, then the new covenant can't manifest in Ingrid's life. She could be in the new covenant, but have no new covenant evidence. Amen. Amen. So the new covenant says a lot, but what has Cedric been saying? The new covenant says a lot, but what has Deborah been saying? What has Felicia been saying? Has it been new covenant talk? And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about new covenant confessions. This new covenant says all of this, but this is what I have to say. it Because if I don't say it, if I don't open my mouth, nothing changes in my life. This is where most believers miss it. They miss it right there in their confession. Their confession is not me planning a certain day to read off a certain paper. And this is what I'm going to confess. But it's me believing something. It's me saying something consistently. Like, for instance, our declaration. That's, a, that's one of my confessions. I don't, that's New Covenant talk when we go through that declaration. I don't know if you're really taking a look at it, but I believe it. And I say it. And this is what I say. I am spirit and not flesh. Therefore, today, I will dominate, be victorious and increase in every area. I believe that. I'm affirming something. I'm confessing something. Amen. I'm saying this. When I'm saying this, I am now confessing what God already said. I'm saying it too. There's nothing in that confession that God didn't say. So I'm only saying what God said. You got it? You got it. I want you to turn. Uh, I said Hebrews 8. Look what it says. In, is that what I said? Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8 verse 6. And this is our scripture we've been running, running to for a while. So I'm just going to go back to it very quickly. Watch what he says in, in chapter 8. But now has he obtained a more excellent ministry, speaking of Christ, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. So there is no reason for me to desire to stay in the old covenant methods. I'm in the new covenant and it's better. Point blank. It's better. So what God is revealing now puts you in a better position. If the covenant is better, you should be better. Talk to me, somebody. Say it with me. I'm better than I was before I got this revelation. Amen. Amen. Not only are you better, your health should be better. Come on, say it with me. Say I'm better in my health now that I have this revelation. See, that's a confession right there. The scripture said it's better, right? So if the covenant is better and the promises are better, and watch this. I don't get to determine whether or not I receive the promises. I don't. I get to determine whether or not I manifest the promises. God gives the promises whether I like it or not. God just gives it. So when I don't believe, I don't stop God from giving it to me. I stop it from showing up in my life. Somebody say amen. See, this covenant is, is so much better. See, I, I don't get to determine whether or not God is going to meet my needs. God meet my needs based on his decision. That's that unilateral covenant we're talking about. God is in covenant with you, about you, without you. But none of this will manifest in your life if you don't agree. For instance, you got saved. When you got saved, first lady, Jesus didn't have to die again right then when you got saved. But no, God had already forgave your sins. God had already shed, uh, Jesus already shed his blood. God had already did everything he was going to do to save Felicia. But what was he waiting on it for to manifest in Felicia life? Felicia to believe, to confess, believe in her heart and confess with her mouth. So her confession is tied to the manifestation. With the heart man believe unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You got it? So let me go a little bit further. Watch, watch, watch what it says. It says that it's better. Somebody say it's better. 
Say it with me. My finances are better. See, this is the type of talk I'm going to have to have. I can't keep old covenant talk with new covenant position. I got to change my confession. So this is what I want you to go throughout the week. I'm better. My health is better. My finances are better. My marriage is better. My kids are better. Now, none of this is going to look like it, but my confession is not based on what it looked like. It's based on what God said. I'm trying to get you to tap in by faith, get access. We therefore have access to this grace by faith. We have access to this covenant by faith. So when I start confessing what God said, I start getting what God, I start manifesting what God gave. Let me say it that way. Let me say that again. You might want to write that down. When I start confessing what God said, I'll start manifesting what God gave. Glory to God. When I start confessing what God said, I'll start manifesting what God gave. It'll manifest. It'll begin to manifest in my life. It'll begin to show up. So it doesn't mean that God didn't give it just because I don't see it. It just means that I got to get in alignment and confess the right thing for it to start manifesting. You got that, Kevin? I, I want you to understand that. And when I start confessing, listen to what the scripture said in Romans chapter 8. This is what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 8. It says that, but if God, who freely gave us Christ Jesus, I'm paraphrasing it, if he freely gave us Christ Jesus, what made you think he was going to hold anything else back? That with Christ, he freely gave us everything. So who did he give Jesus to? The whole world. So that means he gave everything to who? The whole world. But do everybody walk in what he gave? No. It's because you don't manifest it unless you agree with it. Whatever you agree with is what you're going to manifest. So you can, you can agree with your bank statement and you're going to keep manifesting that. And you can agree with the bills and you're going to keep manifesting you don't have enough. And you can agree with the doctor's report and you're going to keep manifesting the sickness. And you can agree with all this stuff. But if you start agreeing with God, if you mess around and start agreeing with God consistently and your faith gets in alignment with the new covenant and you stop looking for God to do something and tap into God already gave it. Watch it start manifesting. Somebody say I'm better. Better promises. Better covenant. better covenant. Sound like Papa John, don't it? Yeah. Amen. Better ingredients, better visa. Amen. Glory to God. Better from better covenant, better promises. I'm better. Everything about me is better. It's better. I can't I can't have anything attached to me in this better covenant with these better promises as a recipient of this covenant, and it don't be better. Amen. Somebody say it's better. better. It's better. So watch what happens when it says about this being better. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. I want to show you about the confession part. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Verse 22. Turn it real quick. Amen. Y'all understanding what I'm saying tonight? Amen. Glory to God. Hey, Cam. Amen. This is what I'm saying tonight. I'm saying, I'm saying that, that the covenant is, 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 is better, so I should be better, but I got to start confessing it. I can't wait until my money pile up to start talking about my finances better. And I can't wait. I can't wait until I'm no longer robbing Peter to pay Paul and I'm stretching bills to start talking about things are better. And I can't wait until my wife get it together or your husband get it together before you start saying it's better. Because without the confession, you lock out the manifestation. You can't wait until the symptoms improve to start talking about you better. Glory to God. Are y'all with me? Amen. You with me, say amen. amen. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Watch what it says. Let us draw near with a, with a true heart and full assurance of having faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. With pure water. Now we've been completely cleansed. Somebody say I'm clean. clean. That's what that scripture said. I should be able to come to God with full assurance because I'm clean. I should come to God with full assurance because I'm clean. Somebody say I'm clean. Now watch what it says in verse 23. Read it out loud with me and it read. Read it real loud and it read. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful. Watch what it says. It says, hold on tight. <laughs> hold on tight to your profession of faith. Now that word profession, it actually means confession. It is the same word in the Greek as the word confession. And we're going to look that up in a second. But that word profession means confession. So watch what it said in verse 22. It says, you can come to God with full assurance, you're clean. Somebody say, I'm clean. clean. And then he show up in the next scripture and he said, don't you let go of that confession right there. Amen. You hold on to that confession, you hold on to it tight. You don't let it go. You hold on to it. You declare it out of your mouth because watch this. You will never begin to declare a promise of God out of your mouth that God will not fulfill because he is faithful who promised. So this is what it said, verse 16 through 20. I'm going to give you a narrative of what's going on. God is saying that I'm giving you a new covenant that is completely different from the old one. And in this covenant, I would no longer remember or focus on your sins, your mess up, your faults, your weaknesses, your mistakes. But I will receive you in my presence because of what Jesus did. And then he says, hold on tight to that confession right there. Hold on tight to that. I have it because of Jesus. Look at somebody and say, don't you let that go. Now, this word confession, let me show you what it means. This word confession, this is what it means. It comes from the Greek word homologia. Homologia. This is what it means. The, the Greek word homologia. The first thing that the word confession means, Chris, it means this. To say the same thing about. Now, I've, I've taught it in the past, said, when I said that the word confession, homo means the same, logia means word, but it doesn't just mean word, it means subject. Subject. That's what it means, subject. Somebody say subject. Subject. So it's not just talking about a word, Chris, it's talking about any particular subject. So it doesn't mean to say the same thing, it means to say the same thing about the thing. Now I understand because, Ms. Deborah, I was teaching that God in this covenant had already um, judged, punished, and forgave your sins. Am I right? Then he shows up in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, which is he's speaking to a mixed congregation of believers and unbelievers that are in that area John is writing to. But then he says this, that confess your sin. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I was like, well, hold up. I thought you said in the new covenant that you don't, that you had already judged, punished, and forgave our sins. That you said we said before you without a single fault. And now you turn around and say that I got to confess my sins. And God is saying, I didn't say you didn't sin. I just said that I already judged it, I already punished it, and I already forgave it. Now I'm trying to get you out of acting like that. So in order to get you from acting like that, I got to get you to confess. I got to get you to start saying the same thing about sin that I say about it. And what do you say about sin, God? Well, in Romans chapter 5, it says this here, that we are no longer vessels of this on our instruments of our unrighteousness. That we are no longer under, in chapter 6 said, we're no longer under the dominion, Romans chapter 6, we're no longer under the dominions of sin, that we should be a servant unto it. 
But now we have been given the righteousness in the nature of God. So when I start saying the same thing about sin that God say about it, I'll stop doing the stuff. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. Amen. The problem is, I've been saying the opposite. God says I can't stop. I've been saying I can't. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying now? So my co- my confession hadn't been new covenant. I've been confessing old covenant behavior in the new covenant and then wondering why that grace is not just God's unmerited or unearned blessings and favor towards you. It is also strength that you didn't earn. And that strength can't flow when you won't line up with it. So you've been looking for the strength to act right using old covenant confessions. Hallelujah. Y'all see what I'm saying? Amen. So the first thing that the word confession means is the first thing it means, say it out loud. To say the same thing about. So if it's the subject of finances, I got to say the same thing God say about the money. Hallelujah. If it's the subject of my relationship or my marriage, I got to say the same thing God say about the marriage. If it's my health, I got to say the same thing about my health. So what this confession word is saying is there should never be a subject that show up that you don't get to say what God say about that subject. Amen. Hallelujah. The next thing the word confession means, this is a tricky one. It means this, and this is out of the, uh, the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of Bible Words. Watch what it says. It means this, to speak in agreement or conclusion. To speak in agreement or conclusion. How do you speak uh, in agreement? I know how to speak in a conclusion, but how do you speak in agreement? This is what it means. It also has this. Both parties declare as done or settled. That's a confession. A confession is a business meeting where two people sit down at the table and they agree on a thing. And the person said, all right, this is what we're going to do. And the other person said, all right, that's what we're going to do. And then they leave the table knowing that it's done. Somebody say, that's it. Here's the thing. God has been speaking through the new covenant, but he hadn't had no cooperation on your end. So he been at the table saying, all right, this is what I did. This is what I did. And he didn't get you on the other end. Because watch what God says in the word. There's not a promise that God isn't given that he don't already have a conclusion on it. He says, for all the promises of God are yea and amen. That word yea means yes. And that word amen means so be it. In other words, God said at the table and said, everything I promised, I already gave my conclusion on it. The problem is you won't sit on the other end of the table and give your conclusion about it. So God says, yes, before you can even open your mouth about God, I need my. Yes, I already said it. Now, if you can say yes and count it as settled or done, then I can start manifesting. Am I teaching it too fast? Your confession has to be, listen, so you got to say what God say, but you just can't say what God say. Listen to me. This is tricky right here. This is what the Holy Spirit told me. I said, so I have to say what God said. And he said, yes, you do. You have to say what God says, but you just can't say what God says. You have to say what God says in this covenant. Because God says some stuff in the old covenant.
Okay, God said that if any man strike you, an eye for an eye, two for a two. And then he turned around a new covenant and he said this here. If it strike you, then turn the other cheek. If they ask you to go one mile, go. See, we've been saying the wrong. We've been saying things from that covenant that God has been saying. Hold up. I didn't say. I told you that Christ was the end of all it. So everything I said, it don't mean that it wasn't real. It don't mean that it wasn't powerful. It just means that it was that covenant. So how do I quote a scripture from Exodus? which is under that covenant, but I don't leave this covenant when I quote it because I don't quote it with the conditions of that covenant. I quote it with the blood of Jesus in this one. So yes, you are the Lord that healeth me. Glory. Glory to God. Amen. I don't know what happened. Something happened back there. Glory to God. Amen. So yes, you are the Lord that healeth me. Glory to God. Amen. I think we got it straight now. Yes, you are the Lord that healeth me, but it's not based on if you hearken today to my voice and obey all that I command you to do this day. No, I don't quote that scripture like that. I don't quote it like, God, I got to do all this stuff in order for you to be my healer. I say, Lord, I thank you that you are the Lord that healeth me and that now I qualify for it and it's mine and I have it because of what Jesus did. Jesus lived the law. He lived it perfect. He was the end of the law. And now I receive by faith and I thank you, Daddy. I don't have to analyze my walk to see if I'm getting it. I don't have to analyze my thoughts to see if I'm getting it. All I got to do is believe it and it's mine. Now, if you don't believe that, you've lived outside of the new covenant. That's what we've been doing as a church. So we've been thinking that if I apply pressure on how you live it, it'll make you live better. Then that's not a good decision. I mean, that's not the best option. What about if they put people in prison prison and they start threatening them with longer sentences? Is it going to make them live better? No. The only thing that can make them live better is rehabilitation. You got to rehab them. And that's what redemption is. God is rehabbing us, changing the way we think. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is God speaking in this covenant. Somebody say this covenant. Now, Jesus, in his earthly ministry, I don't have a whole lot more time. Uh, Kevin, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go in a few minutes. So Jesus, in his earthly ministry, what he did, Miss Deborah, from the baptism to the cross, from the baptism to the cross, all he did was continuously confess who he is and what he is. That's all Jesus did. Dr. Nettle, this is all he did. He walked up and he would say stuff like this. I am the light of the world. In me there is no darkness. You know what we've been reading that as? How many of you read those type of scriptures when Jesus was saying that? You know what we've been reading it as? We've been reading it as Jesus was declaring himself to everybody else. Jesus, what he was doing was aligning himself with what the daddy said about him. So he would say it all the time. He would say, I testify of him. My testimony is true and I testify of him who sent me. I'm saying only what he told me to say. And he would say this. My father said, and he said that the son has come. He would refer to himself as a son, that the son has come. Why are you saying that? Are you trying to let everybody know you are a son? No, this is about me staying in line with what my daddy said about me. So what I should be doing in life, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I should be going through life right now. Saying only what my daddy says, affirming it out of my mouth about it. Father, I say, I don't have to say it. I can say that I am the healed. I'm not trying to broadcast to everybody else that I'm the healed. What I'm doing is I am aligning myself with the new covenant promise that God is my healer, that Christ has already healed me. It's past this. I am the healed. I am the leader that God has played. I'm the salt of the earth. Throughout the day, you got to start confessing this stuff. 
Ask my wife. I, I would go throughout the day and I would just start saying, I'm justified. All of my charges have been dropped. I am redeemed by his blood. I'm blood bought, blood washed. I'm filled with the spirit of God. I would just go throughout the day doing what Jesus did. Jesus was just, he would just, he would say, I am the good shepherd. He's not announcing that to people. He's affirming that by faith. He's aligning himself with it by faith. Does that make sense? All right. And I told you to turn somewhere. I told you to turn to. No, before we turn there, here's the, here's the point. Looks like our only point for tonight. So let's go ahead and write it down. My confession is three things to me. When I confess, it's three things to me. It's three things to me. Here's the first thing that my confession is. It is affirming or agreeing to the truth that I believe. That's what my confession is. My confession is three things to me. It is me affirming or agreeing to the truth that I believe. See, Cam. That word agreement means that you attach to something is what you attach. When you agree to it, you attach. So that confession, that confession is saying this, that I'm affirming or agreeing to the truth that I believe. What I'm saying is that whatever I confess, I agree with whatever I confess, I attach to. No wonder I can't get rid of some of this stuff I've been trying to shake. I've been trying to lose it and get rid of it and. Dodge it and I can't get rid of it. You keep dating crazy people. But your confession hasn't changed. You wonder why you can't shake that type of person. Glory to God. If your confession line up, amen. So the first thing that the word confession means, it is me doing what? To the truth that I believe. Somebody say, I believe it. Do you believe that you heal? Then stop saying other stuff. Do you believe that that let the let the let the weak say I'm strong? Do you believe I'm strong? Then stop saying other stuff. Do you believe the word when it says let the poor say I'm rich? If you don't have the money, he already told you what to say. I'm rich. Glory to God. In my days you pay a voice without the other stuff. Glory to God. I'm rich. You got it. Glory to God. Number two, my confession is three things. It is me witnessing for a truth that I have embraced. It's not me witnessing to a truth. It's me witnessing for a truth. So God said something and it's not me showing up saying, all right, y'all, that's true. That's true. I'm the healed. But your body don't say it. I'm affirming it. I, I agree with it and I'm witnessing for it. Jesus said that I'm coming back. We don't have no evidence for it. So we just step up and say, all right, he's coming back. Do you see it? Amen. My confession is what he said. I'm the witness for the truth. The next thing that your confession is, the third thing is it is testifying of something that I know has happened. That's past tense. That's a confession. Testifying of something that I know has happened. Now, here's the thing. Here's the tricky thing about testimony. Here's the tricky thing about testimony. Testimony is tricky. Testimony is tricky because we think that we can only testify about what we have experienced. And that's not biblical. Your testimony don't mean that God. We think we have to. A testimony is passing. I say it when God bring me out. 
so we've been we've been thinking that when we say let's have a testimony service here. We've been saying, all right, let's have a testimony service. And the testimony service said, my, my car, my car wouldn't start. And then God, 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 somehow I believe God and God started it up. Glory to God. And everybody started clapping. Glory to God, brother. Testimony service. I remember back in 1992, I had this pain going down the right side of my body. And the Lord took me. I went to the doctor and the doctor said I shouldn't be there. And the Lord raised me up from that bed of affliction. Everybody started clapping. Glory to God. Because we think that a testimony is only after we come out of something. But that's not what a testimony is because if it was, Jesus wouldn't have said that my testimony is true. You hadn't died yet. You hadn't rose yet. But yet you got a testimony. Hallelujah. Do you see what I'm saying? So the word testify does not mean that it's happening afterward. It means to confess. It means that you are saying about a subject what God said about it. Listen to what I just said. That word testify means that to confess, it means you are saying about a subject what God said about that subject. Do you want me to say it again? The word testify means that I confess. I am saying about a subject what God said about that subject. Turn to Revelation chapter 12. Turn there. Turn there. Now remember Hebrews 10 said this. Hold on tight to your confession, right? Somebody said, don't you let it go. Revelation chapter 12. I like this. Verse 10. Verse 10. You got it, Kevin? Amen. Verse 10. Watch what it says in verse 10. If you got it, say, I got it, Bishop. Watch what it says in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now it's come salvation. I want you to, I want you to make note of what has come. He's talking about has come to the earth. You got it? So watch this. Sometimes we read the book of Revelations as if all of this stuff is in the future. Revelation is talking about stuff that has happened in the past, stuff that, stuff that was happening in the present, and stuff that was going to happen or is going to happen in the future. So, this scripture is talking about when Satan got kicked out of heaven. That already happened. Somebody said that already happened. It already happened. And in this scripture, it is also talking about Jesus coming into the earth. Somebody said that already happened. So now, watch the things that has come into the earth that God has made available or accessible or has given us that we may walk in. The first one, it said this, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now it's come what? Salvation. Salvation. That's the first thing that God said that I have available, accessible. He's already given me. Somebody say he already gave it. And he wants me to walk in it. All right. So he gave me what? Salvation. The next thing. Strength. Come on, say it with me. He, is, is, he already gave it. And he wants me to walk in it. And now after that is the next one, which is what? The kingdom of our God. Somebody say he already gave it and he wants me to walk in it. Watch this next one. And the power of his Christ. Somebody say he already gave it and he wants me to walk in it. So let me tell you the four things God already gave and he wants you to walk in. Salvation, strength, the kingdom of God and the power of Christ. It's already given, and he wants me to walk in it. 
You got it? All right. So now here's the next part. The next part of the scripture says, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Now he's already kicked out of heaven. So now we got to add something to our list. Something that has already happened. We're talking about the finished work of Jesus right now. Something, add this to your list. Now, now four things he already gave. He already gave you what? Salvation and then what? Strength. What's the third one? The kingdom of God and then the power of Christ. It's already given and he wants you to walk in. The fourth thing that is already done is Satan is already defeated. He's already defeated. The accuser of the brethren is cast down. He's already cast down. Somebody say he already did it. And he want me to walk in it. So the next part says this. Although Satan is defeated and although he is cast down, it don't stop him from doing this part. He accused them, the brethren, you and me, before God day and night. He's throwing accusations at you all day and night. That scripture said he does it not just all day, but day and so you mean to tell me that while you sleep, Satan is trying to get access to your mind to accuse you of something? Glory to God. That when you wake up, he's trying to attack the way you think. He's trying to accuse you throughout the day on your lunch break. He's trying to make you forget what covenant you are in and make you let go of your confession. Remember that scripture in Hebrew that says, hold on to it tight? Watch the next one. Now, although Satan is already defeated, let me tell you what God already gave you. Elder King, God gave you salvation, strength, the kingdom of God, and the power of Christ. You can go ahead and give me some salt now, Kevin. God has given you all these things. Satan is already defeated. And the next scripture says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. Now watch, watch, watch what happened. It would seem like to me if Satan is already defeated. If I already have salvation, I already have strength, I already have the kingdom of God, and I already have the power of Christ. Then it, Satan should be an easy match to me. This is about to be a breeze. <laughs> this is about to be easy. It would seem like that would be to me. But God says this about the scripture. Although Satan... Is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is not a lion he's a puppy with no teeth although Christ has defamed him although Christ has stripped him of his power and defeated him and cast him down by Michael the archangel has cast him down and Christ has defeated him and although you already got salvation strength the kingdom of God and the power of Christ you are still no match for his accusations Without the next two things. They didn't overcome him with the stuff in the scripture above. Just by having it. It said they overcame him how? By the blood of the lamb. That means what God did through Jesus. And the next part says. And by the word of. Listen to what. Remember what testimony means. It means to confess. What God say about the subject. This is how they overcame the enemy. Because although they got all this stuff, they still don't walk in victory until they recognize what God did by the blood and by this thing coming out of their mouth. It's their testimony. 
It has to come out. So you saying, God woke me up this morning. It's not going to give you victory over the devil. It's not going to manifest your victory. What's going to manifest your victory is that God told me that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, I know it don't feel like a good day. It don't look like a good day. In fact, it feels bad. It looks bad. And I got all this stuff that happened to me before 12 o'clock. But when I confess that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it, I overcome him then. I can't stay in a victim's state and overcome him when I confess. So when I confess, I get out of the victim state. Do you see the new covenant confession now? So let me show you what this means. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Let me use you, Miss Deborah. Glory to God. Amen. I, 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 I never use. This would be. Now remember, the red robe means your you, you new covenant. So, Minister Ingrid, this is going to be your confession in the new covenant because you have to say something. So, what, what the enemy, I want you to grab that and go back on that end. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. And this is what you got to do. Amen. I didn't have to tell her to wrap it around her hand. Don't, don't wrap it around your hand. Don't wrap it around your hand. Just, just, just hold on to it. So, what the enemy wants you to do, glory to God. Amen. You want to pick that up first. Amen. That's what he want to do. He want to distract you and then snatch your confession. He want to distract you and then take it out of your mouth. He want to, so you don't know, so you got to get the confession back. And now you get back, I thought y'all were going, did it? Glory to God. Did it again. Glory to God. Did it again. See, you can't hold on fast. Now wrap it around your hand. Go ahead. See, now you got to get it down in your spirit. You got to get it down in your mind. And you got to wrap it. And you hold fast to your confession. He can try to get it, but you can't, you're not letting it go. Now watch what it says. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. Because he that is promised is faithful. He can't sneak up on you and say, you know, the doctor said that you have. Because you got a tight grip on that new covenant confession. And you pull back and you say, no, I'm not. I'm healed. Glory to God. And you say, and the enemy said, you know, he's not going to pay your bill. Let me get that confession from you. No, he's going to supply all my need according to his riches and glory. Do you see it now? Look at somebody and say, don't you let go of that rope. If you let go of that confession, then the enemy will give you a yellow rope and the enemy will stop God from manifesting everything that, is, that God has already given you. It's yours. It's already given. In fact, your name is on it. It's paid for and your name is on it. He has already given it when he gave you Jesus, everything. But if you don't confess, then you won't manifest. Give God a hand of praise. I stop, stop that for me. Glory to God. Hold on tight to your confession Because Satan is trying to snatch it out of your hand 